This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm back with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello, hello. Welcome to everyone. Caps fans, we've got a great episode in line for you today, even though the news of last week has not been really great. Uh, We dropped a season opener, home opener, via a shutout at the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll be talking all about that. We'll be talking about league news, as we always do on Mondays, and a couple of these questionable NHL policies. Uh, So I think maybe we should just pop some tabs and and dive right in. What do you think, Polly? I agree. All right, here we go. One, two, three. All right, let's get some let's get some of the league news out of the way. A couple of really big signings, three really, um, at least the ones that were kind of earth shattering or at least noteworthy. Uh, and the the number one that ca- catches my eye is Shifley and Hellebuck signed identical extensions with the Jets, and it's seven years, eight and a half million each. I think that's quite the team friendly deal taken for both of those players. I'm surprised the Jets got it done. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously, uh, they want to stay where they are. They, they must believe in what they've got going. Um, I think it's more friendly for Hellebuck because I think he's been the most impactful player in that franchise since Kovalchuk. Fair. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's... It's crazy though, you know. You you say these are team friendly, but literally they're going to take up twenty percent of the cap. Like it's just yeah, those two nuts. players together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> right. But you know, and and kind of like the Tom Wilson extension that we saw in this off season, like eight point five. Now it's times two for each of them, and I think that that's a lot to to pay a goalie. Period. You know, the Caps don't like to pay a tandem more than $10 million. Uh, honestly, they like to get it down to like six. Um, so, because just, you know, goalies are voodoo. If they have a terrible season, all your eggs are in one basket. You're really kind of screwed if your goaltender is is not going to perform. I mean, Bob Rofsky, Carey Price. Show me a team that has had a ton of success and not in cap hell with a goaltender that's been signed for big money. Like, I'll wait. <clears throat> Maybe Tampa? Maybe, yeah. Vazzy, yeah. That, but, I mean, they're definitely an outlier. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you look at Shifley. I mean, this dude's capable of scoring, scoring 40 goals, right? Yeah. I think that he's kind of an upper echelon forward, even though, uh, you know, he's stuck in Winnipeg. So he doesn't get a lot of credit. I feel like a lot of the their high-powered uh, offensemen really don't get a lot of credit. You know, you've got Wheeler, Ehlers, you know, guys who are up there um, putting in lots of points year in and year out. And I just don't think they get very much credit. Why? Probably because it's Winnipeg. Yeah, I think they're kind of in a media dead zone. They're, yeah. Um, you know, they're getting the late games and they're not – Vegas or Colorado or Edmonton. So they're not getting the coverage. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, with the cap 
moving up, hopefully over the next seven years, pretty steadily. I think in seven years the cap should be over a hundred million. I would I would love to see that, right? Um, I don't think it's going to be that really towards the end of their contract when they're probably going to see a bit of a dip in their careers and their abilities. I really don't think it's going to be that unpalatable as it is, you know, right now. Now, <clears throat> a lot of the pundits are saying that, you know, they probably should have just moved on and done a full rebuild, but why the heck not? I mean, they've been there for a while and that's a leading score, possible potential leading score and your number one Tendi signed for seven years, you know? Yeah. The, I mean, you know, you're locked up with the people you want to build a program on or a franchise. So exactly. And needless, so needless to say, like, you know, the jets have made their intentions clear, right? <laughs> At least yeah. for the next few years. Um, but speaking of Colorado, Polly, Devon Tays, seven for seven and three quarters. What do you think about that? Well, I think he took a team friendly deal too, as well. I think he's, he's one of the top 10 defensemen in the NHL. And, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think, uh, you know, they kept talking. I watched the last game, and during the broadcast, they talked about how he played college and then like three years of pro in the A, and then um, he didn't get into the NHL till he was 24 or 25. So he's really put his time in to earn this. But um, I think if he wasn't on the same team as Kale McCarr, he'd be – getting a lot more attention than he does, but he's definitely, I mean, I, I think he's, he's an eight or a nine guy. So I, I think he took the, the hometown deal because he wants to play with Kale and, you know, this core and try to go for more cups. Absolutely. And I think that <clears throat> all three of the players that we just mentioned took, you know, one to possibly even 3 million in discounts per year average annual value would you would you think that's pretty accurate yeah well there it is that's good uh but speaking of defensemen who are top 10 Darlene, seven years for 11 million now this guy is probably a bona fide top 10 uh defenseman in the league especially when you look at his offensive prowess um i think he almost maxed out here for Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, this is, uh, this is a big contract, but uh, he's pretty darn good. And I mean, who else is Buffalo paying? Right. Exactly. I mean, they'll eventually have Tage Thompson, I think, and a couple other guys, but you know, yeah, I think they're a team on the come. Yeah. I mean, he's getting his bag, but he's not really leaving a whole lot of room to build a competitive team around him. Right. But, you know, this was the time where Darlene was going to need to get paid. I mean, he was looking for big money deal. Um, and, you know, this is a guy who's the youngest person in Swedish, you know, international hockey history to play so young. He was 16 playing on the on the national team in a country like Sweden. That's quite an impressive feat. Oh, for sure. So, you know, good for them. <clears throat> Uh, so those are kind of like the big deals that came out, you know, Paulie, as I was looking at some of the other deals and just movement around the league, because last year was such a mad dash 
for teams who were either delirious and delusional trying to go for it or teams who really were bona fide contenders last year. I think that that really messed up or changed a bunch of teams' makeups, right? I mean, there's lots of big names that are on completely different teams than last year. And I think that because there was so much movement at deadline last year, there's going to be, you know, just how this is all going to play out is uh, this year, next year is going to be pretty interesting as far as where, where these players are landed. And last, so last episode on Monday, <clears throat> last Monday's episode, I said, Kane uh, is with the Rangers, but he's a UFA taking that surgery, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They sent him, I didn't hear any news about him re-signing in the off season and it was the end of his contract. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think he, he probably technically doesn't have a team right now. Right. So, and you know, all these other players, you know, I don't even know where Tarasenko is right now. Like <laughs> I think a lot, I've been watching games. I've been watching as many as I could, obviously, because, you know, it's hockey, but seeing guys on teams, I'm like, Jesus, I didn't even know that. Like Jeff Petrie's playing for Detroit. That was just like a, a recent kind of like, oh, shit. Um, yeah. I mean, Hathaway and Orlov both ended up in different places than they were traded to. Exactly. Uh, Orlov tearing it up for uh, Carolina and Hathaway, who's going to be, you know, in our suspensions um, <laughs> segment is with Philly. Yeah, I mean, I think Philly's a good fit for him, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, even though we would love him uh, back on the Caps. But those are two guys yeah. who are going to get paid, you know? Yeah. I mean, they earned it, especially Orlov. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> a little bit of interesting coaching uh, news Daniel Alfredson is with the senders now as a player development coach. So welcoming him back into the organization. Uh, I always loved Daniel Alfredson, man. I thought he was just such a stud. Yeah. He's when I think of the senators, it's always him. Like anytime I play puck Doku and it's a question on stats and stuff, Alfredson's always my guess. Yeah. Senators. He's like, you know, he, he's their guy. He's like yeah. their Lemieux. Oh yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> Absolutely. So that's that'll be cool to see. I mean, good for him. Obviously, we're probably not going to see a lot of news revolving around that, but in any case, it's it's great to see him, you know, back in hockey. Um do have a pretty intense injury. We talked about him earlier in the in the episode. Vasilevsky for Tampa, LTIR for back surgery. Um I don't. Th- I don't believe that the Lightning can can catch a break, man. I think that they went all in. They gave it their shot, one back to back, and then I think that the wheels are quickly going to be falling off that wagon. Yeah, I think so. And when I said I would delight in their downfall, I definitely didn't want something like this to happen. But uh, sure. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean that's he's still got. Hopefully it's a successful back surgery because he is still such a stud. Yeah. And he's not really – I don't think he's that old. Maybe early 30s, right? Right. Which is like peak time for a tender. Yeah. So hopefully he recovers him- quickly. <clears throat> what were you saying? Oh, I wish him the best. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, suspensions, Hathaway fine for X-Cap, Hathaway fine for Ning Warinsky, uh in one of their games. So, you know, good on you. <laughs> Garnet. <laughs> Um. <clears throat> all right. Well, that, I mean, that's all I have. You have anything else that you want to talk about as far as league news? Uh, nothing except the big one. Yeah. So I think Andrew from the Short Shift Podcast, uh, repping the Boston Bruins on the Hockey Podcast Network now. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, Polly, but Short Shift's with us. I did. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> he said, you know, he had a perfect tweet. He's like every day. I wake up and expect literally nothing from the NHL. And every day, or on some days, what they do is they shit in their hands, clap, and then show us how proud of uh, their mess they just made. <clears throat> they are. Uh, the the NHL came out with basically what is a don't say gay policy, banning pride tape uh, during warmups, banning these kind of special initiative warm-up things. So I don't know all of what is going to be banned, but from what I've seen, it's like there's no special initiatives anymore in warm-ups. So no camo jerseys, like none of that shit. Is that right? Um, I didn't see if it was affecting those things. I mean, I, I guess the stuff I read was focused more on the pride type things. Um, right. I mean, this is definitely in response to just a couple players causing a stink over wearing those jerseys. Um, right. I really think this was the a wrong reaction on the part of the NHL. I I don't think it bans the the arenas from doing things. So I, I think I'm pretty sure that like they can still have Pride Night. They just can't do it on the ice. Right. So the fans can show their support. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and the the worst part that was, I think, a ton of teams had issues and, and wanted clarification from the league was they had said that players will not be forced, basically, the language was clunky and weird, um, that basically players won't be forced to be a part of any team initiatives that may be misconstrued or related to these pride groups or any special interest group that they don't want to be a part of basically. And <clears throat> so that goes beyond the ice. That's like if, you know, the way that it read was it goes beyond the ice. It goes all the way to like, Hey, team wants to do something for a special interest group and they're now not allowed to do it off the ice. Um, very weird. Is that kind of what you read? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely sounds right. Um, and you know, I guess the only good thing to come out of this is if they're going to ban the pride events, it, hopefully you're correct in saying they're cutting all other things because it would be pretty fucked up if they just cut pride events. Right. Um, so, I mean, if this means no more military appreciation night and all that, I mean, that, I, I guess all I'm saying is if they're going to cut pride, it's fair that they cut everything else. Otherwise, yeah. it's, you know, uh, a directed attack. Right. It's um, like no pride 
aka no special interest groups at all during warmups. And but I, I think that they're really overstepping a bit when it comes down to saying like, well, you're not even allowed to be involved with that shit off the ice. You know, if your town, your city is having a parade, uh, whatever, some sort of event that you can't do it basically is, is kind of how they're, how they're going. I mean, the NHL had to send out a clarifying message that said, I don't know. I think it it really kind of came back down to like more questions are being asked. Uh, I mean, first of all, even if this was like a good idea, the optics of this are absolute dog shit, right? It just seems very anti-gay for one. And then also anti, you know, really controlling and overbearing for the players themselves. Yeah. I mean, this feels like, this feels like how you would expect athletes to act in the 1950s, you know, show, show up, play your sport, don't have any personality, don't stand up for anything. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty bad. I mean, they're, yeah, they really are trying to control what they do off the ice. And it's really sad that the NHL has had this initiative of hockey is for everyone. And it's almost like they were trying to reach out to a whole new group of people. And then they got all this backlash from their quote unquote traditional market who didn't like it. And so they kind of crumbled and they thought, well, the safe bet is to keep the existing hockey fans happy and quit the, these initiatives. That's that's the way I'm seeing it. Right. Exactly. Me too. And I think that's kind of how a lot of people are seeing it, and that's why there's such an uproar against it, rightfully so. Um, and I, I've seen a lot of people, you know, calling out, and there's, I think, Scott Lawton for Philly was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to wear pride tape, and, like, the league can go fuck themselves. Like, they can yeah. do whatever they need to. Let's see what their punishment is, which is probably like a slap on the wrist fine. Um, but a lot of, I, I saw a lot of people on the internet kind of petitioning for players to like break the rule, you know? Well, first of all, it shouldn't really be, while that would be awesome, There, it's it the fact that they have to break a rule to show their support or put their support behind a cause of any sort is uh, fucking batshit crazy. And then <clears throat> on top of that, I was thinking like, you know, fuck the players. What if fans just did it and like everybody just wore like rainbow colors in an arena in every arena for like a week? You know what I mean? That'd be beautiful. Yeah. Now, of course, like mobilizing. coordinate the sections. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mobilizing that would be absolutely crazy. But, you know, I think that the fans can show a ton of support for this or anti-support, I would say, uh protest against this policy by, you know, showing up in their own colors and doing whatever they want, you know, whether, whatever initiative it may be. Right. Um, And I guess the, the worst part about it is that though the rule kind of reads very ambiguous, we all know what the fuck this is about. Everybody knows what yeah. it's about. Like you're not fooling anyone with your shitty, weird, clunky language in this rule, NHL, you dumbasses. 
Yeah. You know, someone in the office before they put this out was like, yeah, we, we really covered our asses here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Somebody's super proud of the language that, that was put out here. Um, and it's probably, I don't know. I don't want to, it's probably Gary Batman himself. You know, he's yeah. just, you know, he's just in there like fucking, you know, rubbing his little fucking hands together. Like, oh yeah, I really got him this time. What a moron. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, and the thing about these policies is that the NHL is like super unapologetic when it comes to this shit. Like, I really don't see the NHL pulling it back. Do you? No, no. I mean, definitely not this season. I mean, maybe, right. maybe enough outcry will change them in the future, but I think the NHL is pretty, pretty slow to change with the times um, on a lot of stuff. And I think they're even slower to admit they're wrong. Right. I mean, it's taken, what, eight years in a failed experiment with a international tournament for them to be like, oh, okay, fine. We'll let, we'll let NHLers back in the Olympics. Right. So, unfortunately, I don't think the NHL is going to be backing off of this at all. I think that it's just going to be how it is and, you know, hey, fuck, yeah, it's good job. Good job, NHL marketing, just alienating a huge piece of, or, well, you know, a, a piece of their market along with just coming out with a policy whose optics are absolute dog shit. Yeah. I mean, not only are they, you know, hurting a piece of their market, they're, they're upsetting a lot of allies. Right. So, you know, you know, they, they must not have thought that part through because there are plenty of people who may not fall into the categories that are being, celebrated on those nights but there's plenty of people who support them sure exactly right so i mean again we expect nothing day in and day out from you nhl as an organization we know it's going to be bad but holy shit do you do you dive deep into the bullshit at some points yeah they really just keep uh surprising us every day with the worst way they can. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. Well, what's not a surprise is that DraftKings Sportsbook is awesome. The NFL season is going strong. DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this October. <clears throat> so if you're still watching football, you have this opportunity. You also have this opportunity to gamble like a degenerate on really anything because DraftKings Sportsbook is always there and has all sorts of options for you to, you know, test your luck, if you will. Get in on game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800got.net. <clears throat> in New York, call 8778 hope ny or text hope ny 467 369 in connecticut help is available for gambling for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org 
Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas City Licensee Partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and older, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. You know, speaking of all the different things you can bet on, Mm. I was looking at stuff on Twitter after I watched Notre Dame last night, and people were talking about how they bet on Notre Dame's running back, either how many yards he would get or how many touchdowns he would score. I mean, they they really just give you all kinds of categories to bet on, don't they? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like Vegas in your pocket. So Pretty nice. <clears throat> well, I can't. I think we have to get into the dark and dreary segment of the show where we talk about what the Washington Capitals did in their home slash season opener in today's Washington wraparound. What do you think, Paul? Should we get into it? If we must. <laughs> All right, Caps fans. Only one game that we can talk about uh, on the thirteenth versus Pittsburgh. At home, season opener, home opener of the 23-24 season for the Washington Capitals against our bitter rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, One cool part, Lars Eller got to come back to a tribute. Um, Unfortunately, he's playing for the worst organization in sports history, so I feel bad for him there. But, hey, you know what? Um, He wanted to go to a team that was competitive, and I think that he somewhat got his wish. What do you think, man? Yeah. I mean, God, is it that uniform looks ugly on him. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, if they're, they're definitely a team that has a shot at the playoffs and once they're in the playoffs, who knows what can happen. So, you know, he got, you know, he's got a chance at another run. Just really sucks. that it's them. I know. I know. Um, Lars Eller, if you are new here, has been at least my bona fide linchpin to the Stanley Cup. I think that when we signed Lars Eller, we plugged a gaping hole in our center depth that we really needed. And in two years, we had won a cup after signing Lars Eller. So, you know, we had always struggled to find a strong third line center before Lars Eller came into town. And once we got him, we had it pretty much sealed. It was one of McClellan's really early moves once he took over the team. And I think it paid off dividends. I think Lars Eller is an awesome two-way player. I think he's super strong defensively. He's, uh, you know, just a good, good player, man. I think that he unfairly got a lot of criticism here uh, when he was with DC. And then he went and played for the Avs uh, the end of last season as kind of a rental and then got picked up by the Penguins. So, of course, we wish him luck. I hope that he is the leading scorer for the Pittsburgh Penguins this season uh, with, you know, 60 points. Yeah, I'd be all right with that. I'd I'd be cool with it, too. So, um, if Lars Eller has 60 points and no other Penguin comes close to it, I I think I'd be happy. Yeah. We're definitely putting that out in the universe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On to the game. In Pittsburgh, a total ass-kicking. Four to nothing. 
Um, I believe we were outshot damn near 40 to 20. Uh, we had 19 shots on net. Uh, that was a huge problem. Um, it was sad. There was a lot of outrage on the Bird app. Uh, but again, it's the first game of the season with a new coach, backup Tendi. Uh, congrats to Kemper, who had his kid. Uh, and Charlie Lindgren was put in last minute since the uh, for the birth of the new Kemper baby. So congrats to him. And I think Charlie Lindgren played really well uh, in, in the season opener. Um, an embarrassing loss. But again, you know, we don't have patches. No patches, no Edmondson, backup Tendi, new coach, first game of the season. I think the Washington Capitals have a lot of excuses to why it went bad, but obviously seeing the four nothing and then barely getting any shots on net was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, it it really was. I mean, ass kicking is really just the best way to put it. I mean, they they came out looking all right. Um, I feel like the first period we got to look at the new system, and then we got to the second period and everybody was tired, and you know the old guys kind of slowed down and you know, relapsed into old habits and that's when things started to fall apart. But I agree. I think Lindgren played a very good game. Nothing about that game is on him. Right. I think the team defense got very weak and soft as the game went on. Uh, I think the PK had a very bad game. I mean, to be fair, the Penguins penalty or power play is one of the best in the league. It's kind of like having the Capitals except they pass the puck to everybody kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, uh, it wasn't a great game, but I think there's stuff we can be excited about and look forward to. And I think that, um, people need to not get so worked up when you get your ass kicked on game one of an 82 <laughs> game season. Yeah. It's a marathon, not a sprint people. Uh, but I have to agree, you know, special teams both ways were shit. Power play couldn't get it done either. And I was really looking forward to seeing what kind of new wrinkles the power play was going to have. Didn't really even get the puck in the zone um, for more than maybe a minute and all their combined power plays to get anything going. Uh, <clears throat> the Caps, like you said, I think in the first frame, dominated possession. I thought they really were able to dictate the pace of play. And then they had a great cycle going. Yeah. And then after that, and the breakout was almost instantaneous. So that was great to see. I thought the breakout all game looked pretty damn good. It's just that once we got into the neutral zone, there was a lot of bed shitting when it came into proper entries and not having to dump it in or, you know, turning it over in the neutral zone um, due to just poor execution. And I think a lot of that is just the new system. Um, I hope to see a really big improvement. Ultimately, though, when we did have the puck for, I mean, large swaths of time, we had the puck in the offensive zone. We're whipping it around the perimeter, but we were unable to penetrate the middle and any outside shots from the point that we were trying to hammer on net were getting blocked. The pins had over 20 block shots, you know, a handful more than what we had. So... I was, uh, you know, that was frustrating because it seemed like we were going to be there. Uh, we were, we were close. Um, something that really irked me was that, um, was that the 
first goal. So it was, you know, zero, zero throughout the first, I think both teams are kind of feeling each other out, but I think the Washington Capitals, though, they were the, in the deficit when it came to shots, total shots on net in the first frame, they dictated pace of play. They were really in control of the game. It seemed for the majority of the first, when the second came through, we kind of hung on for a while. And then in a span of seven minutes, Malkin starts the goal scoring off early with three caps in there in the zone and our defensive zone. And all of them were trying to push the puck. Now, Ovi was unable to clear. Carlson keeps the puck in and then dishes right to Malkin as Carlson's looking at three players and Malkin wide open down the middle. And that was a breakaway. Uh, Malkin had all time and day to shoot in the slot on Charlie Lindgren. And that's a player that will absolutely make you pay when he finds himself in that in that position. He had four points on the night, um, was absolutely everywhere. Uh, just uh, that particular play where three guys are trying to push the puck out happened in preseason. I really hope that's not a trend. I, like We've seen that formation in this season, in preseason before, where three guys are trying to get the puck out. They're all facing the puck and trying to front a pass, puck watching. And lo and behold, there's a guy behind all of them uh, where if one pass gets through, they're completely out of the play, all three of them. So to get scored on on a two-on-three sucks. That's uh, That scares me there, especially because it's the second time we've seen it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those things that should never happen. Um, <clears throat> even even when you're playing against a great guy who can shoot, you know, you got to be more disciplined and – when you're outnumbering the guys, it just shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. It's, I mean, I'm just going to keep saying that in, in five different ways. It shouldn't happen. <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it looked very junior hockey. Yeah. No, not even junior, like youth hockey. JV, JV. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Super JV move by them. Um, so, you know, that was tough taking the penalties. You know, look, I get it. We're the Washington Capitals. If you're going to play a little heavy, you're going to open yourself up to some penalty, penalty trouble. And as long as the PK can can make it work, that's completely fine. But we didn't make it work. Nobody made it work. It, it was just bad. Um, but again, let's look at the positives. I think that the puck movement out of the zone was crisp. Uh, I think that we have a couple different looks on the way out of the zone uh, compared to previous years where I've seen it's, you know, it's just like muck and grinded up the boards. Um, so that I'm happy with. Uh, I think execution and, and getting used to the new system and it being the first game, shaking the rust off, that was uh, absolutely in effect. But there were some bright spots, you know, Oshi missed a tuck on the power play, uh, you know, in his spot in that bumper position. He just missed the net. Uh, though that's that's typically a shot when you're, he's that wide open that he buries. So, you know, that look is there. The look is there. You know, we've proven that we can have it. Um, we just got to execute. And then <clears throat> Connor McMichael had a great play down the middle and that, you know, let that shot go that I said, hey, look, in the preseason, I need Connor McMichael to shoot the puck more. I, I need him to start to score. Um, and he rang post solidly on the far side. Uh, so 
that was a highlight, I, I thought, to see him get in there um, and realize there's nobody around. And, you know, he beat Jari. He just didn't get it in the net. Uh, and in front, I thought there were numerous pucks that went through the crease and just beyond a, a cap stick or a mishandle in front. Uh, and, uh, you know, hey, you put one of those in and maybe it's a different game. Yeah. So make sure bounce is not going our way, not getting sticks on puck. Poor execution. Uh, Spencer Carberry came out and said it was probably the worst scripted uh, start that they could have had. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> not good. First time in history the Washington Capitals have been shut out in a season opener at home or a home opener. Um, so, poo butt. Yeah, I mean, obviously it sucked. It was a bad game, but like you've pointed out, there's positives. There's there's things that uh, we can look forward to them doing more of, and I'm sure that Carberry's got them working on that other stuff that everybody has seen that they didn't do. Exactly. Um, since that game, uh, we had a we had a guy named Stevenson backing up in net from Hershey. He got sent back down in exchange for Alexei Protus, who's back up with a big club. Um, Anthony Mantha got in in the home opener and unfortunately did not look great. Uh, he looked okay. Uh, I don't think that, you know, he's playing a fourth line role, which has got to be a little bit of a ding to the ego for him. But as far as, you know, his play, I think that uh, – Right now, it looks like Protus is going to slot in instead of him on that fourth line. So looking at a $5.7 million a year guy riding Pine as a healthy scratch come Monday. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Mantha, man? Did you – I know you didn't get to watch the whole game, but. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I didn't really notice him much, um, which probably, I guess, there's your answer, right? I didn't notice him. <laughs> Exactly. So, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think if they're, if Carberry's not going to want him on the ice, then he's not worth keeping around. And like you said, that's, that's a big cap hit, you know, maybe move him for, uh, I don't know, a couple draft picks or something, get that off the books. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, the only other option, the problem is, I mean, what the fuck draft pick are we going to get like a third rounder? Yeah, it's definitely not going to be a good return, but you know, um, you know, maybe free up some cap space for a free agent. Yeah, and I mean, I think at this point you kind of got to pull the trigger. I I don't know though. You know, I, I think they're going to give him some more games, um, but I think it's become apparent that Carberry isn't exactly sure where Mantha fits on this team either. Yeah, and I mean to be fair, it is just the first week of the season, so. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Maybe he gets his legs under him and makes everything I just said look stupid. And I'd, that'd be great because he's a hell of a hockey player and I'd love to see him get it going. So okay. hopefully he can get it. I mean, he's got the body to be a fourth liner. That's for sure. And yeah. if, if he starts scoring, I mean, having his scoring ability on the fourth line, that's the kind of thing that could push a team to the cup. Having sure. a guy like that do it. But, you know, I feel like if you're really going to give a guy like that an honest shot, you'd slot him in where McMichael's at. You know, um, McMichael was dominant in the in the faceoff circle, but, like, he's been bounced around on wing and whatnot throughout the preseason. 
you know, I figured Mantha may want to be on the top two lines, though I, if I'm going to be honest, I really don't think he'd be effective there either. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as much as none of these guys probably want to hear it, I mean, he's got to earn it, right? He's right. He's coming off of a, a not very good season, and at this point, you know, new coach, he's just going to look at it and say, you know, prove it, <clears throat> prove it to me. Your past success isn't going to get you there, right? Or lack thereof, past success wise. Um, yeah, I'll say this. I'm not taking this Caps team seriously, good or bad, until game number 21. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. You got to give the guys time to learn the system, get the healthy guys back, get into the swing of things. So that's probably what, uh, mid December ish? Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you know, that's not a personnel excuse. That is. Okay, by 20 games in, Spencer Carberry better have at least like the final evolution of his team and gameplay and his pers- you know, not so much his personnel but like his his system should be installed by that point. Wouldn't you think like by game 20? Yeah. I mean, you've got plenty of plenty of game and practice reps by that point. If if you don't have it by game 21, you might as well throw it out. Right. Like it, it's so come game 21, I'll start being a little bit more critical, obviously losing against these fucking mouth breathers in the first game at home where all their shitbag fans went to the portrait museum and, you know, let's go pins did a little let's go pins chant on the fucking portrait museum stairs and all that bullshit that they do was infuriating, embarrassing. It was not a good game to watch or be a fan of the Caps for. I know that that's, uh, you know, emotions are heightened anytime the Caps play the pins. So I get that. But like I said, I'm trying to be objective here and not get too wrapped up in it. And really only game 21 is when I'll start getting, you know, taking a serious look at the Washington Capitals. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, uh, that's a level headed way to look at it. Yeah. You know, that's me just super level headed. Ana- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe, maybe, uh, analytical is probably a better way to put it. Right. Right. <laughs> well, either way, it's not football. You assholes. It's a marathon, not a sprint. We've got 82 games. Hold on to your butts. So hold on tight. Yeah. So Caps fans next week, we're running the Canadian gamut on the 16th, which is Monday today that you're listening to this. We've got Calgary at home. And then we take a trip up to Canada to the true North and hit the Atlantic division, the Canadian Atlantic division and get Ottawa. We're in Ottawa on the 18th, two days later. And then three days later, we're in Montreal. You know, these that's, you got Pittsburgh. So we're opening up four games, Pittsburgh, Calgary, Ottawa, Montreal. Ottawa and Montreal are no powerhouses. Don't get me wrong, but those are definitely two teams that are on the come, I would say. Now, I don't know. Are they playoff teams? I wouldn't bet on it. But, uh, you know, Montreal a couple years ago went all the way to let the finals. Conference finals, yeah, yeah. at least. And I think. 
I mean, they're both teams that can bring it one night, you know. So, right. Even if they're not, they're not a contender. It's not going to be an easy game. And they're both very young teams that have some pretty high high talent on their top lines who can make you pay. Uh, and you know they can put away a game with you know a string of a few good shifts. So yeah. The Washington Capitals, though, they've beefed up on some youngins. I really hope that their team defense really comes around. It's going to need to. This next week, team defense needs to be a priority, and then you can work away from the net. That's If I was Carberry and I was coaching him, I would say, look, you know, we're going to be talking about zone entries. We're going to be talking about penetrating the middle. We're going to be talking about shot selection. We're going to be talking about all that. But what really needs to be drilled through your head right now is that we cannot leave Evgeny Malkin wide open for a breakaway when there's three guys on a two-on-three in our own zone. Fucking bare minimum. Bare minimum, right? You've got to. So that's what I'm looking for. I think the Washington Capitals win one game, and I think they drop two. Okay. 1-0 or 1-2 now. 1-2. Yeah, 1-2-0. and what do, you, what yeah. do you think your the record is going to be? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it spicy and go with one one and one. Oh, of get course. three points. God damn it, dude! He's always you know Polly Cupcakes always utilizes the OTL um, as as a as a game changer here. It's almost like a third leg of the parlay here. Well, they happen quite often, and <laughs> I I feel like the Caps aren't a great overtime team, so. Um, especially without Orlov now. I mean, I feel like he put away half of the goals last year in overtime. Right. So how many Ovi goals we got this week? Three games. Two. Uh, you, I was going to say, now you think I'm copying, but two <laughs> is what I think too. Let's go. I think Ovi, you know, I think he, he I think the old beast is awakened this, this week. I think that the, a part, I mean, like it or you know, lump it. A part of the Washington, a big piece of the Washington Capitals' uh, offense is going to be getting Ovi, hitting Ovi with time and space, either on the power play or you know, getting him into space with the puck so that he can unload that shot. So, if I again, if we're going to be talking, you know, throughout the week, what to improve on offensively? Let's see where we can find Ovi open at and feed him some apples. So, two goals. I think Ovi's going to bury a couple. Yeah. I'd love to see more than two, but I, I think two's a safe bet. Yeah, I mean, not all he can't always open the season with back to back hat tricks like Austin Matthews, though Ovechkin has done this before. So uh Yeah. But just won't happen every season. I think he did it two years ago. Yeah. And then Brock Besser, who I think a lot of Caps fans thought that the you know, McClellan should have gone aggressively after Besser. Uh, four goals opening night in a eight to one absolute dusting uh, of the of the Edmonton Oilers by the hands of the Vancouver Canucks, and then the Canucks go to Edmonton and beat them again four to three. So I don't know if the Canucks are good, <laughs> but they're better than than the Oilers right now. Yeah, uh, maybe we're seeing a changing of the guard in the Pacific. Yeah, the basement of the NHL, if you will. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't 15 years ago, but... Right, exactly. Um, all right. Circle of life. <laughs> right, exactly. The circle of life. Um, 
with little Bedard being held up by yeah. at the end of the rock. rock. Uh, <laughs> um, Gary Benton uh, holding him up, showing him off. Yeah, just you know, stroking the kid. Um, do you think before we go, what was more unbearable when Sid came into the league and just just getting stroked off nightly, or Bedard? I think due to bias that Sid was worse. Um, I think Bedard because Sid at least was balanced with Ovi. Yeah. Uh, Bedard is the only guy right now. Bedard is, I mean, even McDavid came in with Eichel, right? So, right. Um, yeah, Bedard is the only guy and God that I watched the first game, the capital or not the capitals, the Blackhawks and the pens. Oh my God. ESPN was so tuned in on him. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was like, you know, it's definitely a changing of the guard there because it's the way they are with Ovi and Crosby when, when they're playing on ESPN. Right. But you know, they're just so focused on him. And I mean, I get it, but it is it's pretty bad. Pretty unbearable for sure. Um, all right. Well, Caps fans tune into us on Thursday for the hockey troll hip check. I'm going to be diving into Spencer Carberry's post game and just this dude's mannerisms, um, I don't know. It's it's really nothing bad, but just kind of something that I noticed. And, Polly, what are you going to be talking about? About some college hockey. All right, snack time with Polly Cupcakes on Thursday. We're going to be reviewing the college hockey landscape because there's been some upsets already that we want to talk about. Capstans, thanks for tuning in. Until Thursday, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.